0: Are you highly productive and efficient? I'm sure everyone loves having you on their team. But do you ever feel like you get punished for being competent? Ugh. Join me as we talk about three curses of the competent and how to make sure your competence isn't leading to burnout. Hi, I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Welcome to the Pursue What Matters podcast, where we focus on what it takes to thrive in love and work. So it's good to be competent, right? To be high achieving, to be a good team player, to help out where you see a need. But what if that backfires on you? Ugh, ay, ay. <laughs> Today we are talking about three curses of the competent and Boy, this can be a tricky one because mama always taught us to be competent, right? But sometimes that can lead to us being punished. Sometimes that can lead to burnout. And, you know, being competent can unfortunately sometimes backfire on you. And obviously, we do not want that happening for you. So I hope you will listen in because this is a this is a good podcast for you and an important one, so that you don't burn out. We definitely don't want that happening for you. And the other thing is, I have a really great resource to go along with this podcast. So, three curses of the competent, and you know how to overcome those. So, um, if you stay tuned. Um, at the end of the show, I'll, I'll um, let you know how to get your hands on that because um, obviously we want you to be in it for the long haul so that you can um, bring your best work forward. So today we're talking about three curses of the competent and what to do about it. So <laughs> before you before you get crazy thinking, the answer is not to become less competent because obviously you're meant to shine. Um, but sometimes that can be, sometimes that's where people go, right? Like I'm just gonna start to slide a little bit because I'm feeling like I'm getting punished for the competence. But here's the thing, we do want to help you overcome the competence curse so you don't burn out. So um, leaders, leaders, right? I want you to listen up because you may unwittingly be adding pressure to your most competent team members and contributing to this competence curse. So this isn't just a problem for the competent. It is a problem for everyone on a team. So you do not want to contribute to this problem. So we really want to learn more about this competence curse, what it is, what to do about it, so it doesn't take your team down because it really can undermine the effectiveness of the entire team, okay? So every week with a podcast, of course, my goal is to help you pursue what matters, to strengthen your confidence to lead, and I want to do that in one of three areas, right? Leading with clarity, leading with curiosity, and leading and building a community. And so today we're really focused on um, leading with curiosity. So this is the self awareness and the self leadership, and also leading and building a community. So those of you who are leaders, we really want you to pay attention to this so that you are not um, unwittingly undermining your most capable team members. And then for those of you who are really high achieving, competent folks, we want to make sure you are not on a path to burnout. And so we want to help you strike that balance and see how you can um, avoid these curses um, and find that balance. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about, um, first of all, what does it mean to be competent? What's going on here? Um, And then we'll jump right in to the curses. Okay. So just a couple thoughts on competence. So, you know, just from Merriam-Webster dictionary, um, it is the quality or state of having sufficient knowledge, judgment, skill, or strength. Um, so, you know, relative to a job, relative to work. And so, right, we all know what competence means. It means they're skilled. The person is skilled. They're good at what they do. You can count on them. They're reliable and they have, right. They have what it takes. Um, and so that's a, that's obviously a really great and important thing. So of course, you know, when it comes to the three curses of the competence, one of the, of the competent, one of the things that we want to avoid is burnout. So, um, I just, did a book review on the excellent book, Burnout, The Secrets of to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. So if you feel like you're in danger of burnout, I hope you will consider checking out that podcast because um, that book is an excellent, uh, excellent resource if you are in danger of burnout. And um, it's got some really good... Um, counsel and research about addressing burnout. And so just quickly, I want to give you um, a definition of burnout so that can kind of help you as we talk about some of these curses, because obviously we want to help you prevent burnout. But there are three components that constitute burnout. The first is emotional exhaustion, the fatigue that comes from caring too much for too long, two, depersonalization, the depletion of empathy, caring, and compassion, and three, decreased sense of accomplishment, an unconquerable sense of futility, feeling that nothing you do makes sense. Any difference. And so that, you know, that can feel like a pretty extreme definition, but burnout is actually really, really common. It's very prevalent and especially more prevalent after the roller coaster ride that we've all been on in this past year, especially if you've had more on your shoulders. And what we know with the competent is often that's what happens. So let's jump in and learn more about these three curses that often get, um, that, that often happen for the most competent at work. So curse one is work pile up so the competent really run the risk of having work piled up on them because they are so competent they are typically quite productive and can often do things more effectively and efficiently than their colleagues and boy i have seen this happen in my own career i i can work very efficiently i can be so focused um and i can um you know, clinically speaking, I have been able to take very challenging um, cases on when I was, you know, working um, in an inpatient hospital. So when we think about that, th- thinking about you know, complicated family situations that would require a lot of extra time and um, communication, and that because. Because I could do that, I often got a lot of those um, those clients, and you know the burnout rate on those clients was much higher than other clients, um, and so that's just one really simple example of how that work pileup can happen. But just think about other settings where you know, say you've got tickets coming in, and the more efficient colleague who's working through tickets more quickly, well, they're just gonna be working a lot more than the less efficient colleague. And so if they're not careful, that efficient colleague gets punished. Um, with more work. And so, you know, work pileup can come from well intentioned colleagues and supervisors. So, this idea of like, you can do this so much better than I can, or like, you're so great with these clients. We really know that you can handle them well. Um, and, you know, the work pileup can also come from the competent person themselves. So, we can have these messages of, you know, guilt or responsibility of, you know, well, if I can, I should, like, if I can take on this extra project, I should, or, you know, I don't know that there's really anyone else that can um, take this on. And so I better do it. And so there can be this felt sense of responsibility But if not managed well, this can become punishing over time as the competent are saddled with more and more work. And so the question becomes, who is managing this? who needs to be managing this and so we will talk about that a little bit more as we keep going. So now let's talk about curse 2, which is difficulty saying no. <laughs> and this is a big one. So the competent may also struggle saying no to work pile up for several reasons, right? So we got the boundary stuff coming up. So first, they may believe they are the best suited to do the work, right? They may indeed be the most effective and efficient at getting the job done. And so they take it on. So here is the thing about the competent. They are often, not always, but they are often the best team players, but they can pay a very high personal cost because saying yes to the team Often means they are saying no to their needs and their priorities. Um, But if the competent are saying yes when they should be saying no, then they are not going to be the most effective and efficient at the task. And they're not going to be the most efficient or effective for long because if you're taking on too much, right? You're going to get overloaded. Um, So there, there becomes a breaking point over time. And so saying yes, when you should say no, will take a heavy toll. So that's, that's the first concern, right? Like they may believe they're best suited to do the work. Um, and so that, that gets tricky. That's part of how they get caught in that second curse of the difficulty saying no. And then second, they may believe it's easier to just do the job themselves. This is part of how we also get caught um, with difficulty delegating, right? Um, so they may believe it's easier to just do the job themselves. The competent don't want to ruffle feathers. They don't want to make life more difficult for others and sometimes they may want to avoid conflict. So it may just seem easier to take on the task than to set a boundary or to have a conversation about why it won't work to take on a new task or project at this time. So the effort of setting the boundary of saying no seems like more effort than just just saying yes and getting it done. Um, But right, that builds up over time. And so that is a problem. So, you know, all of this requires physical and emotional energy, and often the competent land on the side of sacrificing their needs while serving the team, but done chronically, this is a recipe for resentment and burnout. And we really don't want um, a resentment that that is not um, that's not a good feeling to be having um, at work and with your peers and with your colleagues. So the third. Um, component that happens here with um, curse two is that the competent may fear disappointing others if they say no okay so fear of disappointing others wow this can be a big one Ultimately, they don't want to let the team down. So this comes from such a good place so so very often. Again, right, the competent can be the best team players, but this is where the competence virtue is turned against themselves because if they are not able to manage competing demands by setting boundaries, they will ultimately burn themselves out. While also eventually disappointing the team because they cannot maintain high productivity long term. And so, this, you know, we don't want that virtue turned against them. And and so, that's really the shadow side of this fear of disappointing others. Um, And the reality is the competent cannot do it all. So the goal is to see that this is not a failing of the competent, but an acknowledgement of reality and to intervene earlier in the process before burnout sets in. So that's what we really want to focus on there Okay, so now let's learn about the third curse, which is self-worth is tied to productivity. Um, The competent may very well tie their self-worth to productivity. And so assume if they aren't able to maintain high productivity, they are somehow less competent or may be perceived as less competent by colleagues. Oh, and this is, this one hurts. This one is a big one. So it's also it's also more than just competence they may feel less than if they aren't able to maintain high productivity rather than seeing that they may be caught on a hamster wheel of the competence curse Um, so the thing to pay attention to here with this third curse is that the standard for competence is an ever-moving target of higher productivity, right? So the, t- the target is always moving. Um, and the competent may fear that they're losing their edge if they're not able to keep up, but they don't really pay attention to the fact that the target's always moving and that they're they're um, holding themselves to a higher standard. Um, and so, of course, what this does is it sets the competent up for a vicious cycle of ever higher performance. And, you know, it's just it, these higher performance standards are just like there's no way you're going to win. Um, and so it, it sets them up for that vicious cycle of the higher performance standards without stopping to examine whether what is being asked is even reasonable. Right? And others might not be asking this, but maybe they're asking it of themselves. And so in a very real way, productivity equals self-worth. And you know, we know when that happens, that's a dangerous game because if you don't hit the productivity targets, which by the way are a moving target, then your self-worth suffers. And um, that, that's very, um, that's very undermining, very dangerous. So let's talk about overcoming the confidence curse because we want you to be able to do your best work. So we've got a few solutions for you. We've got three, um, three categories of solutions. So solution one is to communicate clearly. Um, so we want to communicate, um, along several different, um, a, a several different planes. So, first, we want to communicate with self. So, be willing to have a new conversation with yourself. So, this is where you need to examine your assumptions and expectations. The truth is, we are often our own worst enemies. We're our own worst critic. So, do you have unreasonable assumptions and expectations related to competence, right? So, let's think about some of your underlying beliefs, some of your assumptions assumptions if i'm given a task i can't say no i don't want to let the team down i must do this if i don't do this who will the reality is if you don't do it they'll figure it out um it's it's just true like the show will go on things will keep moving So you also want to talk back to these assumptions and expectations with a more reality-based statement. And so this is where having clear communication with other team members can be really helpful because they can help you talk back to your unreasonable expectations. And so this is where having really good relationships makes a big difference. Um, So for example, my supervisor said this task is a low priority. Um, If I can't get to this task this week, it's not... The end of the world. Um, there are worse things than disappointing a team member. Um, like, for instance, getting sick because I've stayed up too late all week. So, right, like learning to tolerate disappointment, learning to tolerate distress, recognizing that you can't do it all. And it's that's that, like that's not a thing. Let's not, let's, let's give that up. That's just ridiculous. Okay, so the first the first part of communicating clearly is to communicate with yourself right we're always talking to ourselves so we're going to be okay with that and then the second aspect of this is communicating with team members. So you need to let your colleagues know where you stand on work projects, tasks, and timelines. If you must be seen as competent all the time, you're going to end up resentful, burned out, and alone. So yes, you are super competent, but you're not superwoman or superman. So you have got to put down the cape, like enough of that. So no one is meant to go it alone it's up to you to communicate with your colleagues to communicate with your team about your needs so if you smile and nod when you are drowning inside do not be shocked when there is no life preserver waiting for you right? Like you just, you have to communicate with your team. You have to communicate with your supervisor. You have to communicate with your colleagues. You need to set and hold boundaries. So recognize your limits on tasks and projects, and then communicate those boundaries clearly. So remember, this is from Brene Brown, that clear is kind and unclear is unkind. So if you cannot reasonably take on a task, say so. Say it clearly, say it early, and say it to the right individual. So that is actually the best thing for the team. So boundaries make teams more effective, but do not expect everyone to like the boundaries you set, right, because life is easier when you do more than your part. Um, But, right? Like, you can only do so much. Uh, Timing really matters. So on the communication front, timing really matters. If you know you cannot reasonably take on a task, say so in the moment. Do not wait until you're knuckle deep to cry uncle. Um, this only complicates matters for the team. It's not helpful. It's actually really undermining. Um, sometimes, so right, what can be true is that sometimes you don't know that you can't do it until you're knuckle deep, right? And that's fair. Um, in that in that case, call in reinforcements as soon as you can. But if you know from go that it's too much. You owe it to the team to let them know. You owe it to the team to let them know. Okay, and then the third aspect of uh, this first solution of communicate clearly is to communicate as a leader. So as a leader of people, you really need to communicate clearly, assign tasks and projects, and get work done in an efficient and effective way. So this relies on all team members working together for the good of the team. So we really, as a leader, we really want you to be aware of the strengths and the challenges of your team members. So here's the thing. For those who are really competent and they tend to take more on, this is a strength and a challenge, right? It's both. Um, And so you need to be aware of this and, and don't pile work on. Don't take advantage of that. No one um, is expecting you to be a therapist. So as a therapist, as a psychologist, I'm, I'm here to tell you that we're not expecting you to be a therapist, but your willingness to be aware of the needs and challenges of your team will really help you communicate more effectively. So do you have people pleasers on your team? right? You want to check in with these team members when it seems that they might be taking on too much, right? Like that's just part of leadership. Do you have loafers on your team? Be aware of this dynamic and, sh- and ensure that there is clear accountability in place, right? Like that is part of your job as a leader to be aware of these dynamics, to lead everyone. So competent team members are among your best assets as a leader. So take care not to burn them out by piling on work inadvertently. So be aware of their needs, check in with them about how they are coping with their workload. They may not be super vocal about that, right? Ultimately, it's on them. So we don't want you to feel like you have to mind read, but just be aware. Be aware, check in with them, ask them if they're doing all right. Don't assume they can always take on more, even if they say so. So you just check it out with them. Ultimately, each team member must take responsibility for their own needs. As a leader and team, you cannot be walking on eggshells but awareness of the competence curse can really help you step out of a potentially ineffective dynamic and encourage support and a more sustainable approach to the work so we're talking about awareness we're talking about communication we're talking about checking in we're not talking about caretaking we're not talking about hand holding we're not talking about mind reading there's a difference there Okay, now let's move to solution 2, which is to clarify needs and expectations. So for all team members, we want to clarify needs and expectations in order to accomplish the work. So issues to address include some of the following. So what else do you have on your plate? What are your assumptions about this assignment? What are your hidden expectations? What horizons are you paying attention to? I have done a podcast on horizon conflict which is a term that comes from the dare to lead research so I will link to that podcast because having an understanding of horizon conflict and the different horizons that show up in an organization can be really helpful um, what does this project timeline look like how long will I need to fill this role what is included in this task how do you want me to fit this task into other priorities where does this fit with other priorities? What can I move off of my to-do list in order to accommodate this priority? And is there anyone better suited for this project? So those are all really good questions to help clarify needs and expectations when it comes to responsibilities and tasks and projects. And then solution three, and this is a big one, that is competence includes self-care. So there's not a ton to say about this. It's a big one because it's a challenging one, especially for the competent because they are givers. The competent are givers. They're the best team players. I've probably said that three or four times now in the podcast, but it's such an important point. But here's the thing. Those of you who are the most competent, you've got to take good care of yourself. You've got to take good care of yourself. And so solution three is that competence includes self-care. So when it comes to overcoming the competence curse, it's important to rewire some beliefs about competence. So we need to disentangle competence from self-worth. So competence contributes to self-worth but it is a small slice of the pie, okay? So competence is a small slice of the self-worth pie. So we want you to cultivate balanced priorities, and this is where self-care comes in. So cultivating balanced priorities include social connection, creativity, play, spirituality, mindfulness. When you are overly focused on competence, and productivity, your other values, your other roles get pushed aside. We want to make sure that productivity is not a signal of worth, right? So when you cultivate other aspects of your identity, other roles, you help push that productivity as a signal of worth to the sidelines. So you want to remind yourself that no hustling is required when it comes to your worth. Um, We want to disentangle competence from the superwoman complex or from the superman complex. You can be competent without being invincible. You can be competent without having to be superwoman or superman you still need rest, you still need boundaries, you still need limits. And when you refuse to prioritize boundaries and self-care, you are on a path to resentment and burnout. And so in service of um, you know purpose and in service of doing your best work, remember that competence includes self-care. So there you go. We have the three curses of the competent and we have three really important solutions. So just quickly, again, the solutions are to communicate clearly, including with yourself, with team members and as a leader. And then solution two is to clarify needs and expectations. So that's all about the boundaries. And then solution three is a reminder that competence includes self-care. So remember with this um, podcast, I have a really great resource um, to help you to understand the um, curses of the competent and see what might um, ring true for you and then even more important than that, help you to overcome these curses and really take action in your life to think about how you can start challenging some of these curses and making some of these important shifts in your own life. Make sure you head on over to my website to check out the show notes with all the great resources for this episode, including the excellent resource that I have to help you with, um, overcoming these curses so you can find that and the other show notes at www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash competent one more time that's www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash competent i'm dr melissa smith remember love and work work and love that's all there is until next time take good care